When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We've been together for so very long But now things are changing, oh I wonder what's wrong Seems you don't want me Matt, we are back with the final episode of our Off the Deep End coverage uh, The Ballad, The Ballad of Al The single that Al apparently had to fight for But what we didn't have to fight for was a guest Who (laughs) freely just said, hey if you ever do this song I want on and boy, cause it, could his timing not have been better because it was literally the next song we were about to talk about. <laughs> Jared from Bowling for Soup. Jared, thank you for joining hey, us, buddy. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so, you know, it, what's funny is we, there's just so much going on in everybody's life. And you and I had talked about this a long time ago. Yeah. And then just nothing ever came of it. And then it came up again because I did the Weird Al cover on TikTok. And then you were just like, hey, you should come on. Our, our podcast and and I'm like well we already talked about this and I already told you what song I wanted <laughs> and uh, and you were like oh it just so happens you want to do day after Christmas and record it and I'm like I mean you know what would I have going on the day after Christmas why not why not <laughs> arguably much less than the day of Christmas man you know what it's it's actually been it's been actually a really nice day to be honest we got my my son a gaming computer and oh, nice. uh, I set that up this morning it took a solid you know, forty minutes or something to get it out of the box and mm. up and rocking, and he has not he has not bothered me once. He's yeah. fine. So. There you go. He's yeah. he's in. He's wired in. He's stoked. <laughs> me and my girlfriend did that thing where we just said, "All right, let's look at all the gift cards that we got yesterday and see yeah. which places we can spend them at today." Yeah. Right. <laughs> How quickly can we deplete the Christmas fund? Yeah, just wipe yeah. it out immediately. Yeah. So funny. So, I mean, we have to start here. Jared, why this song? Why You Don't Love Me Anymore? Man, I got to tell you, it's because, you know, when this came out, I, I wasn't I wasn't really in the Weird Al demographic anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I'm from the first round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was a kid, I remember hearing Hey Ricky on the radio in my parents' car on nice. the way to elementary school, you know, and then... 
of course, my Bologna. And uh, so I'm, that's kind of my Weird Al. You're OG. Um, I'm OG, yeah. you know, and, and the, the just the original stuff. Now, of course, you know, when Eat It and uh, I'm Fat and those mm-hmm. those songs started coming out, you know, you kind of couldn't avoid them on, on MTV, so I was in. But, you know, I really wasn't buying albums at that at, up until that point, mm-hmm. you know. And then... Um, it's running with scissors, right? Which is the one that, that this one is on. No, off the deep end. Off, off the deep, the deep end. end. This okay. is ninety. Right. This is ninety two. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so again, I had already been through a hair metal phase where the last thing I was paying attention to was Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. I had fa- I had found punk rock. I had started the band that this makes so much sense that it's ninety two. By the way, because I had started the band that was going to. Um, lead to Bowling for Soup mm-hmm. at this point. So two two years before Bowling for Soup starts, and I had started the band that was the gateway to that. And uh, I was in a used CD store, and uh, I uh, bought um, I bought a Propagandi record and a really terrible NoFX record, and uh, and this Weird Out with the Weird Out record. And uh, so I remember listening to it, and just, you know, all the spoof songs always made me laugh and it was always great. But then it gets to this one song and it's it's an original and just the lyrics. I remember like full on crying laughing at this song. And, and I mean, and, and I would just listen to it all the time over and over. And it just I've just said all the time, man, it's just it may be one of the best you know, just good cop. It's I to me. It's the it's up there with like anything that Adam Sandler has ever done as far as like a comedy song. Yeah, but without any cursing or or any crazy stuff. You know, the 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 where Adam Sandler goes with it. Like I can let my kid hear this and he yeah. thinks it's funny. I think something that would have never clicked in my brain until you just told that story, and it kind of makes sense is. Let's be honest, You Don't Love Me Anymore, the song, the way it's performed, the lyrics, everything, this could have been a hidden track on a NoFX record or like a snarky acoustic song by any 90s punk band, and it would have fit just as on home as this like mocking of an 80s hair metal ballad from Al. Like it almost seems perfectly entwined with each other in a weird way. There's definitely some good punk rock energy in here (laughs) for sure. But also, yeah, no, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right. When you listen to this and you imagine those early Adam Sandler records, like it's so clear how much Adam took this. Like this is like doing it straight, straight faced. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like, not too much winking at the, uh, at the audience, but like just this straight, hilarious, over yeah. the top in an unexpected way. Yeah, you know angle. exactly. Yeah, and, and more and more over the top as it goes. I mean, that's that's the outline. You know, yeah. that's the outline. Upping the ante. The- Every verse ups the ante. Sure. Well, yeah. and, and it makes we talk about like the uh, a lot on the show. We talk about the jokes per minute, right? Like how many jokes can Al get into a song? And part mm-hmm. of that is like changing the chorus as many times as possible to get like the most amount of punchlines. But every once in a while, he'll do a song like this or Good Old Days or Melanie where the Mm -hmm. chorus stays basically the same. In this case, there isn't really a chorus. It's just that you don't love me anymore Mm -hmm. part. But it's the escalation of the verses that highlights how funny keeping that chorus exactly the same actually becomes because it starts off with like kind of a normal-ish breakup song until you get to... 
you know, until you're eventually at a point where it's, you know, you shove my face on the barbecue grill. Now the scars are healing, but my heart never will. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll tell you. I mean, I, t- I mean, since we're talking lines, I have to just say, I mean, the home run on this. And again, I, I, I let my 11 year old hear this recently and I just waited for it. You know, because mm-hmm. they're just the line that always gets me is, if you don't mind me asking, what's this poisonous cobra doing in my underwear drawer? <laughs> <laughs> and that leads up to the, I kind of get the feeling <laughs> you don't love me. I mean, I, I just, I remember thinking, God, this is so... And now I'm now I'm thinking about it. I re- I went back and I I looked at the at the album because I I I um I, I remember buying this because it had the smells like Nirvana thing yeah. on there. Yeah. But it's always the polkas that get me. I always want the polka where he just yeah. goes from song to song and and, uh, and this polka is impressive. I think Matt and I both have it ranked as our top polka. This is, so yeah, far. it's a very really really good polka <laughs> on this record. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. And uh, and so I remember I, I, that was sort of like what really reeled me in but but yeah i i i can agree i i I wonder i mean does adam sandler talk about his his any love for weird al or or any inspiration with that kind of thing because because you know he's got the one song where he's you know talking it's sort of the same kind of thing where he's like now take the shampoo bottle and shove it up my ass you know yeah at a medium pace yeah yeah medium pace and that that song sort of starts in a sim- in a similar way, and it, and it gets more crazy as it goes on, you know, and uh, I, you know you could definitely see. I, I feel like Weird Al probably had a had a had to have had an influence on everybody from that one, generation. There's no way not. And at a medium pace, I do have to give credit for one of my favorite things in any Adam Sandler song, and it's it's the way that he almost channels Bruce Springsteen in the oh, song. Yeah. Is yeah. the oh darling, yeah. watch me tuck my dick and balls yeah. right between, between my legs. Like. Call me an ugly woman <laughs> and take my picture to show all the people you, you work, work with. with. <laughs> it's so good, but you're right. It same yeah. vibe. That song starts off sounding like a legitimately romantic yeah. song, and it gets increasingly more perverted and yeah. Yeah. bizarre. Oh, and you know? of course, like at the end, he's just. Just you know, riffing. Go. Yeah. I, for, I, I blew my now, but I, I I can't because I spewed all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, on a quick search because we haven't actually. I mean, we've talked about Adam Sandler before. It's just another like big sort of comedic parody, like a musical comedy artist uh, who followed Al. Uh, I don't find any immediate quotes, but Al did appear in an Adam Sandler movie in 2017, the Sandy Wexler uh, Netflix movie, which I did not actually see, but apparently he has a cameo. So I think. We have good reason to believe that they are bros at the very least. I, I can't. Sure. I, I, in what world did Adam Sandler not listen to Weird Al? I mean, it's just that that can't be. <laughs> well, I, it can't be because yeah. I mean, if you just think about like just even Lunch Lady and 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 all of those those yeah. those kinds of songs that he was doing, mm-hmm. there's just no way that no. he didn't find humor in all of this, or at least the same songs we did. But I feel mm-hmm. like these original tunes to me are are just the ones that really hit it out of the park. You well, know, absolutely. And we have to also imagine, you know, one of my favorite little humble brags that we'll always bring up on this show, but about a few months ago, we had Paul Shear on talking about the influence on Al on, on comedy. And he actively said, like, human giant and the state and all of that is is so directly connected 
to those people watching Al TVs in the 80s and seeing how abstract sketch comedy could be yeah. from Al. So I don't think that that's... I, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, there's no denying the influence of Al on, say, The Lonely Island or, sure, or sure. any of these other people. I think you will never... There will never be... <sighs> Probably in the next 20 years will be the first generation of people doing musical comedy that Al isn't an influence to. Yeah. But yeah. it'll be like he was the favorite of their influence. You yeah, know what I sure. mean? Like, yeah. Unless Al yeah. manages to hit another like cultural touchstone and, and put out a parody. I mean, who knows? At this point, he's said a few times that he's probably most of that time is behind him now. But, you know. Uh, I, I, there was a moment in time where I thought his influence had ended and then he put out white and nerdy and just blew, exactly. I, I, oh, oh my God. Like suddenly a whole new generation is like, we are yeah. on board for this dude. So. It was wild too. Cause he was on uh, a subsidiary of jive records at the time. Mm. And when that happened, like it was all of a sudden, like, you know, we were still out there fighting for stuff and it's just like, Oh yeah. Weird Al is relevant again. Like, but like really, really fucking relevant. Yeah. And I'm like, I like, you mean to the nerds and stuff, right? Like, uh, you know, like it's always been, you know, you know, MC Lars and shit. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and everybody's like, Oh no, 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 this is legit. Now. No, he is and crushing. He, and then yeah. he follows that up by like, what, like five, six years later has the number one album in America when mandatory fun comes out. Like, yeah. yep. Like yeah. he just, and it, I mean, I think that that's kind of why he also said like, why not quit when you finally hit number one on the billboard chart? Sure. Like I'm never going to do it again. It's my 14th album. Like seems like a perfect, <laughs> seems yeah. like a perfect way to end yeah. a career is yeah. with your number one album. Well, a career in doing that. I mean, you know, he, he uh, was the main character in the, in the branch off of Phineas and Ferb, which is the right. show that I was on, yeah. you know, for nine years. And then all of a sudden, you know, those guys got to go get A-listers and they chose Weird Al as the main voice of Milo for uh, Milo Murphy's Law. And so, you know, I mean, there's just, there, I, it's probably never ending. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what he would bring to the table as a writer or yeah. so many other things that he could do. We yeah. Totally. We've tried to, uh, at one point we were trying to decide what is next for Al. And I think our favorite wish that we created was um, <laughs> a Las Vegas residency. Like just like the Al Yankovic Al Las Vegas residency of just him doing his elaborate stage shows for like a year in Vegas, a la Britney Spears or or any other pop star. But it the sky is the limit. Like, I watch all of those animated shows. He's the voice of a and d dragon in Gravity Falls, for crying out loud. Like, he yeah. is that perfect. He's so perfect for exactly what those shows want, which is family-friendly entertainment that still is, like, humorous to the adults. And that's what yep. he's been doing since 1983. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no one more fine-tuned in how to write kid-friendly music that somehow still gets like very sexual jokes in there every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. And the only thing I want to chime in is as we enter 2024, Al did in a recent interview promise that there would be at least be some new music from him in 2024. Didn't give away yeah. anything specific about what it would be. Who knows if it'll be a parody or an original thing, whatever it is, but he is definitely still, he's obviously slowed down tremendously. He did, I'm, well, I'm slowed down on the music front. He, the, the weird movie came out. There, he's still working. There's no no doubt about it, but uh, he shifted his focus a little bit. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, he might, let's not, we're not going to count him out just yet. He might come no. back and just crush. Well, and discussing this song, though. So to get it back yeah. to You Don't Love Me Anymore, I think this is one of the first times since probably be, uh, Dare to be Stupid 
where Al is really gambling on himself. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I would say since uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. Christmas at Ground Zero, mm. as we knew, Scotty Brothers didn't want a video. Al just made a video himself, and it became like a Christmas MTV staple for years to come from that point. But the Scotty Brothers did not want to do a second video. They they had clearly really locked him down to one video per album at this point, basically. And they only Al really said, no, you don't love me anymore needs to be the second single off this album. Right. And they said that they would only allow it if he made the music video a parody because they didn't see any value in his original songs. And this is where we get this awesome more than words homage uh, featuring Robert Goulet. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so great. I have to say too, cause you know, we've, we've, you know, it's always easy and fun to uh, poke fun at the label for interfering in Al's stuff. But I have to say pushing him to do a music video parody here, the extreme parody was a really good idea. This is yes. a really, yeah. really smart video choice. The, the parody works really, really well. And well, I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's important though, to note that like the pair, the, the label in this case, you know, sometimes they actually do know what they're doing. Exactly. You know, this was I mean, not I, a sure thing. I understand right. why they yeah. wouldn't take a risk on an, an acoustic original from Al Yankovic. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like this, there's a story here. And again, this, again, this is the jive team that is handling this. I don't remember what the actual, it, it could be any of like 10 labels, by the way. Mm. But, but I yeah. do know that the jive team that we, that Bowling for Soup worked with was working this record. Mm. And and I will say that the, the president of that label at the time was Barry Weiss, and he is the one that we made the girl of the bad guys want video. Yeah. And when we made that video, it was live and it had all of the spoof stuff in it. Mm. There was no girl. There was no girl all the bad guys want. And it was the label. I give him full credit for going, wait a minute, there's there's no girl. There's no girl all the bad guys want. So we added to that just this girl watching the video, hot girl, dressed all emo, you know, pump punk and shit, at, staring into this window watching the video, and it just absolutely made the made it just yeah. work. And yeah. that it just, just goes to show you that that's probably the same sort of thought process. And, you know, not the same, but you understand them going, like, this is a guy known for parody. Right. If if you if you're not going to make an over the top video for this song, the, the people are who who's going to watch it? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. can barely separate it from so much so that I almost always incorrectly say that this song is a style parody on on extreme more than words. But it's really not musically. It has nothing to do with more than words. It's it's a James Taylor song. He's doing another James Taylor play. Well, actually. I have a fun little piece of, of trivia that I found leading Ooh. up to this episode. So there's definitely some James Taylor in it, although I always thought, because I've seen that referenced a lot, the song Good Old Days is absolutely James Taylor. Like the chord yeah. structure, for sure. And this one is not quite all the way there for me. Like there's just little trick. Like it doesn't feel exactly like that to me. There is a song by a woman named Nicolette Larson, who is a folky singer-songwriter. And someone online deep dive on the Weird Al forums, some guy figured out that there's a song by her called Still You Linger On that is really, really close to this. Mm, I, I right. looked it up and it does fit the form. Re like, it seems like a like it's a match. And I thought, I heard that name and I was like, why do I know that name, Nicolette Larson? And the reason why is because she and Al dated. 
Wow. In the 80s. Apparently on stage one time ever. This was what led this internet user to figure this out, and now I'm sharing it. Um, Al said on stage once that this was not a style parody of Extreme, but was a style parody of someone so obscure he didn't think anyone would ever get it. Wow. This guy figured out Nicolette Larson, the song matches. He dated her. She actually also, I think we mentioned her on this show once because she sang backing vocals on Good Old Days and on Alimony. Oh. And they split up just before this. So what a thing for Al to do, to do a style parody of his ex-girlfriend's song about how she doesn't love you don't love me anymore. Look, we know that Al is a vindictive guy a little bit. Uh, Case in point, the One More Minute music video where he tears up a photo of his actual ex-girlfriend that the song is about in the video. Who I don't believe was Nicolette Larson. I think that was a different older person. That's a different older person. But uh, but I I think that that's funny because to us, it's just a funny song. But could you imagine being Nicolette Larson hearing this? I know, song I know. And, right. you know, and actually he did he he referenced her on his like website as well a little bit. It seemed like they didn't have too like terrible a breakup or anything like that. And she actually passed away a few years ago and he wrote a little mm-hmm. thing about how sad he was about that. It didn't seem like it was too too terrible a situation. But right. they dated, they broke up, and he lifted this little thing from her the music is it's undeniable for sure this is a, a, a reference point but despite that being so obscure it does still really work as the extreme power ballad style thing like it's a great combo and i also just love bookending this album like you know al's records are these wonderful like time capsules of music history and at this moment in 1992 starting with smells like nirvana and ending with the heavy metal power ballad like what a perfect moment in time thing to show of this weird like especially from the hard rock scene like this was a weird time (laughs) to be in a heavy (laughs) metal band and extreme kind of like i mean they this is well documented but extreme really kind of hurt themselves by having this be such a big hit where they were a hard rock band this was not what they did it blew up in such a way that people bought this record going like oh what a beautiful song and nothing else on the album no sounds anything like this and arguably of that 80s metal scene, one of the most musically proficient bands. Like the guitar player in Extreme is insane. Oh, yeah. Gary yeah. Sharon is an unbelievable singer. Wasn't the right mm-hmm. singer for Van Halen, but an right. incredible singer nonetheless. Yeah. And, and, an, incre- and an incredibly is- smart band. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, dr- the drummer went on to be an a-, a very, very successful A&R guy. Yeah. Uh, for, I, I didn't know Atlantic- that. I, I believe Atlantic Records, but uh, th- th- that is not... I, absolutely for sure but yeah he went on to be uh to sign some really big acts and um you know they they just were very well rounded yeah in their uh both talent and uh business doings and all of that i, th- I feel like they were sort of like one of those bands though because i was like a serious hair metal guy yeah. if you can if you could really say that and you got to think that like as you got into the 90s, as as Nirvana was was putting everything out of its misery, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you didn't have some sort of, like, heaviness to you, 
you were done. You know, so like the skid rows of the world survived for a few more years. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and, and the poisons, and that, however, struggled. Poisons, however, <laughs> would 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 struggle. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, but but really, it was sort of the poison juniors. Yeah. Because I mean, because let's face it, poison really never has. I mean, they've always been able to headline Fourth of July at Starplex here in Dallas and sell it out. Yeah. You know, yeah, what for I mean, sure. like, but but the poison juniors. We're, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. But this was a band extreme that like their songs were like, get the funk out of here. Yeah. And mama don't want to go to school today. You know what I mean? Like these were their hits. You know what I mean? So it was like, I'm not sure that they were really showing their maturity in even the things that they were releasing until they released the song. True. It's not just the song really that shot them in the foot. To me, it was just like, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I you think know? that that was an element though of a little bit of when that 80s especially when it was like the glam and hair 80s stuff yeah um bands like i would think extreme winger king's x like these are like the bands that come to my mind of probably if you were to stack all of those 80s glam bands based on musical proficiency and talent they yeah. might be your three top bands as far as just like incredibly musically proficient and talented yeah. dudes, but they also were probably the three biggest bands that didn't give a shit about the look and and anything like that. So it was almost yeah. like, I mean, there's there's not it's not an accident that Mike Judge made sure that the dork and Beavis and Butthead wore a winger shirt sure. because yeah. like they weren't looked at as cool bands even at that time. Right. Yeah, so but they, you are right. Rod Morgenstein is one of the greatest drummers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and but you would never know that. You know, by listening to a winger record, no. <laughs> um, and then you know, and King's X was a Christian band right. that just happened to you know. I mean, again, they, those guys. I mean, they they looked punk rock. You, that you know that they got this really really fit singer who's who who's black with this mohawk and stuff, and like you know, they just looked like they he looked like he's gonna come off the screen and just beat the shit out of you, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. It's crazy. I do want to talk about this video because I think it's one of the few times where Al basically is doing a sequel to the previous video. This video picks up at the end of the Smells Like Nirvana video with with John Bermuda Schwartz throwing off his David Grohl wig and walking right. away. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Honestly, I, I couldn't figure out. it. They must have shot them. It seems like they must have shot them together, but I don't know if there's any evidence. Because also, the guy playing the cello is the janitor from the it's Smells the Like Nirvana music video, <laughs> who was also the janitor in the Nirvana video. <laughs> like, yeah, like this guy, like, is it just a professional janitor for hire? I or like, I love the fact that this guy just kept like he he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. That's great. Well, I yeah. also like that the person who gets the most screen time in this video is Jim West because he's not in the Smells Like Nirvana video. That's true. Because Al's filling his part playing That's Kurt right. Cobain in that video. So it, it almost felt like a nice little piece of symmetry. Like, you weren't in the video at all last time. You'll be sitting next to me for the entirety yeah. of, right. it's, of this it's video. It's such an interesting thing, though, when you think about, like, from what we know historically that, that what we just talked about, and in a way we hit upon it, but what Nirvana did... To that to this genre of music, I mean, if you're if you're not aware, Nirvana, you know, there's a story of uh, of you know, uh, Nirvana, you know, obviously launches this whole world, and at the time, Warrant, the band, were on top of the world. They were killing every single song they released was a hit, and then uh, they walk into the the office where 
right behind the CEO of the label used to hang this huge warrant picture, but behind him was a big Alice in Chains, it was a big Alice in Chains poster that, and it had been, theirs had been replaced. Wow. And it's like, that is the literal death of hair metal right there. And yeah. all of that stems from smells like teen spirit, you mm-hmm. know, there's what, what there's the, is the launching pad. And so people will always say that, that Nirvana killed hair metal and, and it's, it's really not far off. I mean, I, I think really also what happened was, is hair metal bands had a tendency to try to change with the times when a band came out like guns and roses that had sort of a bluesy thing and they're there they didn't have a huge drum set then then all the hair metal bands were like okay well let's get a smaller drum set we'll all cut our hair and we'll we'll put some bluesy stuff in faith no more blows up or whatever let's they're like you know what we need is a funk fun element let's (laughs) all wear pajama bands on stage but it was like this this new music comes and it's like the, everyone starts to try to adapt to it and it just like it, it seemed like that it was like this i don't know that you guys are going to be able to pull this off no, you know like you get i think some of the most embarrassing records of the 90s are the hair metal bands trying to do their version of grunge or yeah. what i think is one of the absolute worst is generation swine from motley crew where they're trying oh. to do like industrial and grunge and it's yeah. just not Sure. It's not their genre. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it speaks volumes to like you're saying about like they like Nirvana just blew up the world to such a degree mm-hmm. that everyone was scrambling. Anyone yeah. who already had a foothold was like, how do we survive this? And of course, when right. you work too hard at doing that and you seem desperate, people can smell mm-hmm. that and it's just not good. Like it just yeah. it does not work. No. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. You know, I've, I've always said this is that, you know, and I feel like that's what's happening in, in a lot in pop country now mm. in that what, what, what we call Nashville country yeah. is that, you know, people can smell things that aren't authentic. Yes. And, and you can see it now, listen, I mean, there's always going to be, look, it's, 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 is it still popular? Sure. But but what what we have to think about is like how many people are going to stay invested in that, you know. Yeah. So if you look at a at a at a genre like Weedus and Bowling for Soup and and you know that uh, uh, some things that sort of like stem this ride the pop punk sort of emo thing, it we it, it, it was authentic. So so there's people that are invested in it and their kids get invested in it and you know what mm-hmm. I mean. There's but there's all some of this fly by night shit that happens. You know it's like when you hear you know the top uh, ten songs from pop radio, let's say from eight years ago, you won't remember half of them. Seven of the bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what's happening in in uh, not necessarily in pop right now. I mean I feel like but I think pop country. You're Pop. you're you're seeing people go, man. I, that guy doesn't look like he's worn a <laughs> pair of boots in his fucking life. Well, pop con- country yeah. in general is really interesting right now for a couple reasons. If you were to pay attention to the Billboard charts and check out what the top five in say top forty is, yeah. you might see the same five songs in that top right. that that chart for like a month and a half. Yeah. And like you look at the top five on rock, and you'll see mostly the same songs. The country chart is like. You could have the number one song one week and that song's down to number 20 the following week. Like that Absolutely. chart is ever evolving. But con- exactly what you're saying, there's almost this rebellion now in country mm-hmm. pushing against the like Florida Georgia line of it all where now you're getting a lot of like throwback to the old outlaw, mm-hmm. just a guy with his guitar yeah. type country. Lyrics aside, controversy aside, 
I think one of the biggest reasons why Richmond from Richmond, <laughs> like, mm. became this phenomenon beyond the way that, like, it was kind of co-opted in a very messed up, way, messy way, was that you could just tell, like, no matter what, this guy's being absolutely, truly authentic. Authentic. With just his guitar and his mic and nothing else. Yeah, right. And, you know, well, the other thing is that he got fudge rounds into a song. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I think, I think there, there is, I, you know me, I'm a lyric guy. You know, sometimes when I get things into, like, breastuses or something into yeah. a song, and I, I celebrate that. Yeah. But, man, I have not worked fudge rounds. You haven't worked into it's, a, it's true. You got to give it up. There can't be too many documented instances of that. I, I got to poke a hole in it, though. He says bags of fudge rounds, and we all know they come in a box. They but come hey, in a box. <laughs> I digress. Jared, I got to also tell you, just because you mentioned breastuses, which for those of you who aren't diehard Bowling for Soup fans, uh, is from the song Almost, uh, yes. the opening track on Hangover, You Don't Deserve. Yeah. And my big memory of that song was back in the DVD days of life, uh, I would be up late and I would put on a DVD and once the DVD was over, sometimes the main menu would play for like 20 minutes before I put on something else. Yeah. And the Dirty Deeds <laughs> teen comedy DVD main menu just plays the song almost in its entirety. <laughs> there was at least one evening where I was like talking to someone on AOL Messenger as that song probably played like 10 Is that times. true? I had no idea. I had no idea that that was a thing. That's amazing. Yeah, so I hope, yeah. I don't know if that goes, uh, I don't know if me leaving that main menu on helps out with residuals at all. Who knows? But... Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. They're tracking yeah. how many times someone watched how many the times the menu, menu but... loops. Yeah, that's like yeah, the menu thing. Like... The menu thing is so funny. Anyway, it's like you know when we on the bus, somebody would leave the Family Guy thing on there, and you know, and it's just you know, that menu is like twenty seconds of the same thing over. Yep. Hey, Lois, you know, it, oh, fat man, you know, and it just over and over, but and you hear it from your bunk, but like you're like. I'm not fucking getting out of here and going to turn out. <laughs> Somebody else can do it. You know, and it's just this test of wills. <laughs> you know? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Come baby, 
baby, baby, come, come. I want to bring it back to the video. Seems time to bring up what I think is one of the funniest moments in any Al video for me is just the break between the first chorus and the second verse where Al pulls a guitar up, tunes the guitar, gets it all ready, and then the second verse starts and he puts the guitar back. Just puts it right back down. <laughs> right when you yeah. think he's going to take that first drum, just drops it to the side. I've seen him do that exact same thing live. It is such a great trick. Like as if he, the entire song, he's just pondering what he's about to do and just can't actually bring himself. Yeah. It's a great bit. I also, there's so many great visual gags in this video. I love that Jim West on the guitar has enormous black fingernails, but on his left hand, it's like the song is unplayable with those nails. You can even see in the video how he is not hitting the frets at all because he cannot right. play like that. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so, so, so funny. The fact that they got Robert Goulet to show up to just be maimed violently with right. a bow into the eye, his hand rips off in one of the goriest things I've ever seen in an Al video. Yeah. Because there's right. like tendons flipping inside of, his, <laughs> inside of the collar. And then just it cuts back to him for no reason. And he's got a bear trap now. Like on he has stepped into a bear trap somehow <laughs> while trying to escape this set. Um, oh, it's so good. It reminded me like, I don't know much about Robert Goulet, but it seems like he has a good sense of humor. Robert Goulet has one of my favorite cameos in a Simpsons episode. Do you guys oh, yes. know this? Where they uh, Bart opens up his casino yeah. treehouse. He says, are you from the casino? And Bart says, I'm from a casino. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they actually get him there, he sees the stairs up to the treehouse and he's like, is this right? I should probably call my manager. And Nelson comes down and just goes, your manager says to shut up. And, and, and Goulet just goes, Vera said that? <laughs> I, I mean, jumping off uh, that so same good. thing. I mean, we're recording this the day after Christmas, as Jarrett says. His yeah. cameo in Scrooge, where it's just an ad for Robert Goulet's old Cajun Christmas. And it's just Robert Goulet on like a Tom Sawyer rift, just paddling through the bayou I singing Silver that. Bells. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, Robert Goulet seems that. like a total dude. Like, I'm just, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. He's in Beetlejuice. He's got to be great. Uh, he's, he's got to be cool. It's just funny. Like, you only, I, I only ever think of him as this sort of like dorky lounge singer, but then all this other stuff is like, I guess he's awesome. Yeah, I know he's in on His stuff always brings to mind the Will Ferrell character. Yes. Will Ferrell did the thing. Right. Staring right, right. nature, <laughs> staring contest, me and you. You win. You always do. <laughs> God, him doing Juicy by. <laughs> or Big Papa, doing Big, oh, Big Papa, Papa by yeah. Notorious B.I.G. Dear yeah. Lord. Um, and then towards the end, we get the gag of the extreme close up on just Al's nostrils while yes. he's right. singing. And then the most amazingly violent guitar smash uh, yeah. at the end where he just steals Jim West's guitar and makes sure that this guitar will never be assembled again. I, I sure. saw a little clip where he was talking about that where apparently he insisted he could just do it and that was not, you can tell kind of in the video, like there, if you see people smash guitars, sometimes they are picked out to be smashed. That yeah. guitar was not. He worked very hard <laughs> yeah. to break that yeah. ovation. Yeah, um, That took some real effort from Al to get that thing. Yeah in pieces it's like when your kid takes karate you know and they go to break the boards they, they they have like a little slice down the middle of them or whatever so there's they're made to break easy right yeah, yeah. and uh and so it's i think a lot of times get, when people are smashing guitars you need it to look cool time one you know yeah and so uh there's there's a little bit of the work done for you there and, is. Uh, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. There's another, I don't know if you guys caught that. I had not seen this before, and when I was watching the video, I saw this written up on his website. There is a shot of them panning across to Al and Jim, 
and there's a set of golf clubs in front of them and there <laughs> yeah. is something on top of one of the golf clubs like hanging there and someone asked the question on his old like ask al forums and someone yeah. says what's that thing on the golf club it, it looks either like a lady stocking or a condom or something weird <laughs> and al says well uh it's a condom our set decorator was trying to be funny, and unfortunately, neither Jay Levy or I caught it until it was too late. We both thought it was kind of tasteless and inappropriate, and I don't believe we ever worked with that guy again. Oh. Interesting. Wow. How about that? So again, that's a testament. Like that's you know, like we said, Al is generally really does not like to go too blue with anything he does, and sure, even right. that seems like it was a bridge too far. Although I did think back to the lyrics of this song in the world of Al being risque, him throwing in the line of that time that you made it with the whole hockey team. Yeah. yeah. For Al, that's pretty direct. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I thought the same thing. It's because you, you do strive to like find things that are, that are not, you know, the PG side of PG 13 and all this. Exactly. Stuff, you yeah. know? Exactly. And yeah. uh, when you, when you do sort of venture off into that, it doesn't happen very often. No, no. it doesn't. I mean, even because that one, it's like I knew what that meant as a kid when I heard it. I was in my 30s when I got the self-service pumps line (laughs) in one more minute. Like usually if he's crass, it's a lot more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and of course, in the context of this song, which we were saying how he just like kind of elevates it more and more. That time that you made it with the whole hockey team line is pretty early in the song where we're in the reasonable reasons to break up with someone <laughs> terrain right that's exactly. that's him that's the starting point <laughs> you have to wonder if the original line was made out and that, that and they had to maybe and it because that would be it would be it'd be an interesting th- thing to sing because made out and made it are two different sort of avenues it's the true. way you would go enunciation wise you know obviously and so i just sort of wonder from a production standpoint if it if they were just like man it sounds like you're saying made it no matter what you know it's probably and, true made uh, out would be difficult like you're saying you're right to enunciate yeah. that properly would be really challenging it would be hard yeah you, you would have to hit it and it would almost sound to where it's, it's just one of those things where it doesn't sound natural yeah you know yeah yeah I found another interesting thing about the lyrics to this song when I was doing research. There was a lot of people I saw online talking about this track and saying that they heard it as kids and that it scared them. Mm. They found it scary. Like a, like the music video and then the song, like they found it very scary. And I then it was the interesting video how- being scary. My sister was scared of the video. So the she video has some hand blood. on fire. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Even the idea of like holding up the, the, uh, the lighter and then Bermuda Schwartz like sets his whole arm on fire and has to run away. Yeah, that um, used to terrify my little sister when we'd watch this video. That's in there, but <laughs> but it is funny to me. Like I can sort of get the idea that like depending on how old you are, like this is in a way this is a song about like someone you care about turning on you. <laughs> it's yeah. a little intense if you like thought of this through the lens of like a guardian or a parent or something like that. I can I can sort of understand that side of it, but it's it's a funny thing to think about like what's very straight up funny about it from a relationship perspective when you're old enough to process that and appreciate it, that from a yeah. kid, you might just be like, oh my God, this this woman is really, really going after this guy. <laughs> and also when it's acoustic, you can hear every word being said very yes. clearly. Yes. So when he says something like, you drilled a hole in my head, like drilled a hole in my head. There's no like way to justify that as anything beyond exactly what it sounds like absolutely right. yeah exactly 
Uh, yeah, he's basically just describing a Giallo movie at this point. <laughs> it's it's really, I mean, again, if, as always with that, like you take these lyrics just straight on the page, and it is this is a this is an A twenty four level horror movie of yeah. this man mm-hmm. who is being like poisoned, threatened with knives, pushed down elevator shafts, the brakes cut on the car. Yeah. But we just the juxtaposition add... to her shaving his eyebrows off while he's asleep. Yeah, it's so yeah. tame it's... in comparison. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I, I have to, I'm, I can't name names on this because these people would not be happy if I did that. But there are people, a couple that I know who I'm very close with, early on in their relationship had a major, major fight when one of them trimmed, didn't shave off, but trimmed the other person's eyebrows while they slept. Interesting. <laughs> they had like a bunch of like rogue, really long, crazy eyebrows, and they were like, "You really should trim those." And they're like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do that." And then yeah. it, they did it while they slept. And the next morning, it was yeah. like, "What a violation of trust!" Like, of trust. <laughs> right? I thought it was like almost a relationship ender. They wound up working through it, and now it's something that they laugh about. But I hadn't thought of it before. I heard this song again. I was like, "Oh man, yeah, that is, <laughs> that's like, that's." As as innocuous it is, that is a scary thing to think someone is doing that to you while you're asleep. Yeah, I, my wife just pulls mine out while I drive. You yeah. know, like uh, <laughs> she'll look over at me and be like, "Oh boy, hang on, let me get this does one." She, does she pull out your chest hairs with an old pair of pliers? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's two more lyrics I definitely want us to draw attention to before we get to the ranking part of all yeah. of this. Um, first off, I've called it out in previous episodes. I'll call it out again. The, mer- the masterful use of the word again when Al writes a song. And in this one, I just love, I knew we were having problems when you put the piranhas in my bathtub again. Again. Um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. This, yes. It happened more than once for this. And then right. there is something so adorable with the lyric. I even think it's kind of cute the way you poison my coffee just a little each day. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. See, it's all they're all such winners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just the whole thing like and, and it's just and it's stuff that you wouldn't think about and yeah. stuff that you would you know and totally agree with the again part I mean it, it's just so it, it such a it, you know it makes it even more it's just you know oh oh yeah she's piranhas oh again oh silly <laughs> you silly goose <laughs> oh man all right well Matt we've got we got a lot of stuff we got to rank, and then Jarrett gets to rank some stuff, I know, too. I know. It's going to get wild in here. So bringing up okay. our, our rankings here of original songs, where okay. are we putting You Don't Love Me Anymore? I, I, I'm i going to rank this pretty high because I, I really do love this song. This this feels like one for me where I have a very vivid memory of being, um, uh, you know, I'm younger than you, Jarrett, but I remember being a kid and funny enough this my connection to this song was a friend who had the vhs tape of his videos so this the video and the song are really linked for me like i just remember seeing this video and this song so many Mm -hmm. times um and being so just kind of blown away by this was probably an early original of his that really like blew my mind compared to the parodies which of course when you're younger was the thing i was more drawn to sure um i feel like it's not it doesn't quite hit I'm putting it below, a little bit below "Good Old Days," which is the song that I think of comparatively. Like they have a lot in common. I don't. It doesn't quite hit that high for me, but I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it here in between "Dog Eat Dog" and "The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota." Okay. I think I'm actually going. I was before you even said that, which I is in my top is, ten. 
I was going to say, I think Pretty this good. is right below Dog Eat Dog. That's, that's hey, there exactly you go. where Look I was that. looking. So we got that. Now we got to shift over to the music videos. Where do we put this music video amongst the Al videos? Man, I, I really, this is another one. I actually love, like for his more simple videos, not the huge production Michael Jackson lookalike videos, this is so, so effective and great. I'm I'm actually I'm surprising myself with how high I'm ranking this. I'm putting this just below Smells Like Nirvana. Wow. Wow. And I, I'm putting, in between Smells Like Nirvana and I Lost on Jeopardy cuz I really do think this is like a rare instance where especially considering like we were saying the extreme parody of the video which isn't totally linked to the song, I think it yeah. elevates the whole thing so much. Like um, the, all of the comedy of it is elevated by this video connection and, and the, the fun he is poking at this particular moment in, in music history. Um, I love it. I love it. Okay. I mean, I agree with all those things. I'm still going to put a little bit lower. I'm going to put it right here between eat it and I lost on jeopardy. Uh, and then the last thing we got to do before Jarrett gets to do the crazy ranking is this is the last song on off the deep end. If you don't count the 10 second chaos that is the bite me hidden track, which we can talk about very briefly in a second, but off the deep end, where are we putting that? I am putting off the deep end overall kind of in the middle. You know, I, I, we, it's funny. I'm glad we're, I, I said this earlier in this episode and I really think it's true. I think the best Al records, um, now, when you go back to them, have this amazing time capsule moment of music history. Like you listen to this record and you're like, my God, this is a time where he put out a record at this amazing pivotal moment. You've got Smells Like Nirvana at the top. It's bookended by this. But then the other parodies are New Kids on the Block and Millie Vanilli and MC Hammer. Um, this is like a wildly, he was there at this pivotal moment in music history and even the misses parody wise, which we've like talked like the, the plumbing song is cut somewhat ill-conceived and uh, not all of them are, are, are great, but I don't know. I think this album really hits well as a look at what 1992 <laughs> was like and the stuff that came before it and the stuff that came after. I'm going to put it in between dare to be stupid and the self-titled. I am putting it almost exactly in the same spot. I'm putting it in between in 3D and the self-titled. Uh, it It's a strong album. It's a good album. Um, I do think it has... You and I are split on Airline Amy, but I think we both agreed on the plumbing song that that's kind of one of Al's lowest lows as far as his parodies go. Um, it's one of the only times it really feels like him punching down on somebody, which is not uh, yeah. our favorite thing with Al. Uh, but I mean, the highs are so high that I do have to put it above that. And I, you and I are both big lovers of that self-titled album, which is like very often along with Polka Party considered the worst of Al. Yeah. Which I don't agree with. I think people are wrong yeah. about that. I, 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 to summarize the point I was dancing around earlier, I think that the over this album overall is actually stronger than the, it's like greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Like even the weaker tracks on this record are not like the whole thing feels more elevated than that. And I actually really like the album as a sequence. I think it plays really, really well. Yeah. No, I think that this is a great kickoff to Al yeah. in the nineties. Now, Jared, your exciting thing. Okay. And we tried our best to explain this in an email. We'll try to explain it here too. Yeah. Every time that a guest has been on this podcast, yeah. they've gotten to put a song on the guest rankings anywhere they see fit and okay. they can move a song anywhere they think it belongs. So, okay. 
first off, on that long list that I sent you and you're seeing right here on your computer screen, right? where does You Don't Love Me Anymore fall amongst these songs? Well, it's going to be pretty high for me. And uh, because I, I have to say, you know, uh, this is just such a big one. Here's the thing that I probably wouldn't have put Taco Grande so high, but I totally get it. <laughs> I don't know who did that. Um, but I would say this should go below, right below uh, Polka Your Eyes Out and above One More Minute. Okay. And now you can move one song anywhere you want on the charts. What are you moving? Uh, I think I Lost on Jeopardy needs to be moved up. Okay. What, where do you want to put it? I would like to move that up to the end of the top 10, right below Yoda. I'm All good right. with that. I love the love for I Lost on Jeopardy because I am also like, I think that is a brilliant, brilliant parody. I've yes. said, I think that's one of the few that I think he completely eclipses the original track with how yeah. brilliant his lyric is on that song. It's it's so great. It's so relatable. Like you yeah. don't even care. I think when he when he hits the mark on something like that, like my Bologna, yeah, or that, or um, even Hey Ricky, really. Yeah. Again, I don't mean to keep showing my age. Um, no, but I, I am a, I am one of the biggest Hey Ricky fans I, I, out there. Don't you worry. I, I think <laughs> when the song doesn't matter that yeah. he's spoofing, that's when the song is like. Extra genius because again, as the same, like you don't have to know I'm lost in whatever the what is the original song? It's I'm just my love's in jeopardy, jeopardy. But it's our love's yeah. in jeopardy. Yeah, our love's in yeah, exactly, baby. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, it's like when that song and my Bologna is the same way. You know, like you even if you didn't know my Sharona, like that song delivers and is great. Totally. And um, so I feel like it's it's those ones that are the the extra extra brilliant ones and sometimes like when he does like a deep cut you know and you're just like well, this is an interesting song interesting song for him to pick and uh and he just absolutely nails it you know but i mean i think the ones that are like in your face eat it and stuff like by the way i do have to tell y'all that it's so funny how things make it into the bowling for soup language we have our own language and we speak movie and tv show i think all bands do this to an extent but yeah. ours is it's like you can be on our bus and not have any idea what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. it's not like we're speaking in code. It's just, we just have shit that we say. And it's so funny because you ain't fat. You ain't nothing. Yo, ding dong, ding Dings. dong. Yo. We literally talked about when we did <laughs> yeah. the that's, that's on the weirdest bus too, man. Yeah. The ding yeah. dong, man. Ding dong, yeah. man. Ding dong. <laughs> ding dong. Yo, you know? And, uh, I mean, we, we say that so much. And it's so it's like, you know, somebody's getting a carrot. You know, off the veggie tray, you're like, "Yo, ding dong, ding dong, yo!" <laughs> like means they, somebody just throws you a carrot, yeah. you know, and it's, it's and uh, so I, I just love, I love, you know, that that was a fun thing for me to when we started talking about this because I was like, "Oh shit, I." You don't even think about where this stuff is from all the time. I know, you know? it's crazy, right? He's just such a. Yeah. It's just all so embedded in our in our psyche and our in DNA our psyche, at this point, yeah, right? For sure, um, absolutely. Yeah. Before we completely wrap it up, I have two points I just realized I didn't get to address yet about this. Just really quick. One is okay. that again, a rare moment. He performed this song live with Jim West on Arsenio Hall. <laughs> oh wow. wow! Which is a testament to how much they pushed it. I love the fact that they really like went for it with this original track. Al doesn't get to have that happen too many times in his career. Sure. It's worth looking right. up. It's great. And he still smashes the guitar at the end. That guitar <laughs> breaks much more easily. He does a really good job of destroying <laughs> yeah. that guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing that's crazy about this track, this is the only time ever that there was an extended dance mix of this song. 
that was what? released on 12 inch only in the Philippines. What? When I tell you wow. guys, so you can find it on YouTube. It's the only place it is. And it's like literally a video of someone you're spinning the record on their home turntable. I don't know who I couldn't find much information about this remix. It seems like maybe Al was involved in the remix itself. The remix is basically a parody on its own of dance remixes <laughs> because it is, <laughs> right. it has the most generic drum beat underneath it the whole time. Like it's just this one looped drum beat. And then in between every lyric, it's just like those ridiculous sound effects of like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> otherwise the song is exactly the same. It is, is so crazy. weird and funny. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend people look it up. It is apparently it's the only time ever he he has authorized a remix that came out like on another label. Like it wasn't his label. Like it was released separately only in the Philippines. But is a legit Al heard it and approved it mix. Again, it seems like he was involved. It's too weirdly funny and parody that someone yeah. else could have. I don't. I don't really know. I couldn't find much about it. But that's but worth looking up. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you ready? Well, and the one thing we do have to just address the probably I think the only time Al's ever put a hidden track on an album. Yes. Uh, when you finish, you don't love me anymore. There's about ten minutes of silence before a track that's been labeled bite me that is just eight seconds of noise and screaming at the highest volume possible. And Al said that it was basically a parody of hidden tracks and intended to scare the shit out of anybody who fell asleep listening to the album. Yeah, it worked. (laughs) It worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that because Nevermind had that, right? There's a little hidden moment of that at the very end of Nevermind. Nameless, endless, nameless. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, just this chaotic moment. Apparently, in some reissues of the record, that was cut. And I think that must have been the case. I think my CD of this record did not have that on it Interesting. for a long time. So I only heard that way, way, way later, um, which is a shame because I love shit like that. I wish that I had heard oh, that yeah. as a kid. That would have really tickled me. But I think um, I want to say it was Real Big Fish. I think Real Big Fish did something similar with one of I want to say it was Why Do They Rock So Hard? has like mm. this long gap in between songs and then just like a really creepy like whispery <laughs> close <laughs> track. Yeah. Um it's a sad the, a sad relic of the CD age because you really can't do that anymore. Like yeah. if someone pulls up a song on Spotify it's like this is 15 minutes long like it just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. I think an so even right. more lost relic is the hidden track in the front of the album. Those things are right. just lost to time now. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. that's inconceivable to a whole generation. They can't even understand. <laughs> you had to rewind from zero. But, Jarrett, yeah. thank you so much for jumping on here. You are one of the busiest men in music. I swear no, I that you're that. <laughs> you're posting TikToks, you're putting out country songs, you're touring with Bowling for Soup. Like, yeah. where this is going to be dropping in late January. Where can people see you what's going on what what's what's jared up to well we will have just gotten off the road uh with um with our good buddies lit and uh we'll be getting off the rock boat when you guys hear this and then we'll be starting our uh our world tour celebrating 30 years of bowling for soup and 20 years of hangover you don't deserve amazing and uh then canada and then uh the united states of america and in three legs and one of those legs there may be a band that you guys have heard of here on this show on there and uh 
we, um, you know, we'll just be uh, cracking away. New music. Um, it, it, it's, we got some new cover songs and things. New album, probably 2025. But uh, I have a new country record coming out in June. Uh, so anyway, JarrettRayReddick.com or I'm everywhere at J-A-R-E-T-2113 or Jarrett Reddick on TikTok or BowlingForSoup.com. And uh, yeah, I uh, as you said, I, I like to stay busy. There's a lot going on. Also, if you're um, into podcasts, Rockstar Dad Show is a show that me and Gary do. We talk to other musicians, comedians, actors, neighbors that are dads, and uh, we go off the rails quite a bit. So um, <laughs> it's it's usually a fun conversation. As you can tell, we do that a lot on this show too. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. You guys are uh, you guys seamlessly uh, integrated me. Thank you for that because I tend to go way off topic quite a bit. So. <laughs> that's that's our whole thing too. No, thank you for we're honored to have you. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to congratulations. A big year for Bull and Pursuit coming up. Thank you. Thank you. Well, congratulations to you, man. I, I, I you know, I, I text with Brendan every time some some crazy shit happens with you guys, and uh, I just think it's it's awesome. It's it's, it's been it's it. been wild. It's been wild. And yeah, we. I, I mean, it. we toured together. We were just were talking about it before we started. Like back in two thousand seven, yeah. we did a, yeah. a a lifetime ago, quite literally. But uh, yeah, perhaps we got some fingers some crossed stuff, for more in the future. It would be great. Some stuff in the works exactly. in multiple countries. I know, we're right? Go figure. We're we're, <laughs> we're we're doing what we can. Let's make it happen. Let's see what happens yeah <laughs> and i'm here making podcasts and we'll be back. there he is <laughs> and we'll be back next week talking about the al tv episode that al made to promote off the deep Ooh. end What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 